Grassy pom-poms swish and sway. The cheerleaders are pumped today. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to... uh, It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm going to be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch and unbeatable goodness. Welcome Pacers fans, you are listening to the Unbeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. This episode 453, this show, kind of a free-for-all, I think we're mostly, we're, we've got a, some undegoogables for you. Joining me this show are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Unbeatables Shout out to Mike and Lisa. Uh, normally, on Memorial Day weekend, we go to uh, go to the lake with Mike and Lisa and the crew. Obviously, not happening this year, but uh, we're with you guys in spirit, I suppose. Shout out <laughs> from Houston, Texas. Uh, he's the internet house bartender. He mixes up the drinks in the crappy jingles. John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? Uh, it's thirsty, whatever day this is. Drink up. <laughs> <laughs> From Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What's going on, fellas? It's quarantine. Drink up. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Days don't matter anymore. <laughs> oh. No. Pants don't it's matter. <laughs> We're in a post-pants era. <laughs> Uh, just want to remind you, you can support us anytime you shopping at Amazon. Just go to theunbeatables.com slash Amazon or hit the referral link in our show notes. And a small percentage of your sale comes back to us and helps support what we do. Does that mean it's a pants-demic? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Pantsly played, sir. <laughs> I think that's for the courts to decide. <laughs> Speaking of that, did you guys hear... I like my chances. They were robes. <laughs> did you guys hear they they were... Uh, the, the Supreme Court was hearing uh, 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 some arguments uh, mm-hmm. on, a, on a conference call, and, mm-hmm. and one mm-hmm. of the justices uh, hit, the, hit the restroom, mm-hmm. very clearly mm-hmm. flushed the toilet off. And on. super not on mute. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, that was a dude. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, also, uh, you couldn't hear him washing his hands afterwards either. No, that's true. It's true. <laughs> Just straight back to the chair. Hopefully, he remembered to mute that part. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> right. 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 All right, Colson. Um, we are taking a break from watching Pacers Bulls games, and now we we need some questions answered. We got some undegoogables for us this week. What, what do you got for us? Oh, are we doing undergoogles? That was the plan. 
super excited. Um, you told us we had to. We said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. Well, uh, so uh, my buddy Mike, uh, Mike Morrow, fan of the show, uh, sent me a text uh, a, f- a couple weeks back and was like, uh, what do you know about uh, proof uh, on alcohol? And I was like, well, he's either asking me because I'm uh, his bartender friend or because I do the undergoogleables and I hang out with smarter people than I am. Um, I actually did kind of know the answer to this one. Um, and so I responded and then started thinking more about it and don't really know. So um, my response was <clears throat> that uh, the proof on an alcohol bottle is uh, twice the uh, ABV, which is the alcohol by volume, right? And so mm-hmm. um, I know that much. And my assumption always was that um, that meant that it was the alcohol versus another liquid so like so um the proof would be the amount of alcohol versus like a gallon of water or something right so if you if if all the alcohol in it was not divided by other things it would be that much alcohol in the bottle um because otherwise alcohol by volume is the only thing you would need right why do we need another metric? Um, the the only other information I have from from my bartending experience is that um, uh, the proof of things uh, over a hundred proof are very flammable, and that's the stuff you use when you want to light something on fire. And so I was like, well, I sent this back to him, and I thought, well, maybe I'm you know maybe I knew enough to answer his question. Um, but that same week, my dad was making bread, and he was proofing the bread, and I went, "Is are these connected? And then the words proof, um, is that connected to the word proof as in proof of life or proof of, um, you know, um, some scientific proof? And I thought, I'm in over my head, and I need to go to my friends. To give Mike the appropriate answer, I need to go to the undebeatables and figure out the right answer. So, are, is the word proof connected to all these things? Are they all related? Um, what is what is my theory on alcohol proof? Is that correct? Um, what does proofing bread even mean? What do we got on proof? Well, one thing I never understood was, yeah, you're right. The proof in in is direct. It's just it exi- it's always exactly you know it's just double the yeah, it's double the ABV of alcohol yeah. Why I don't I never understood like why since it's a it's a it's always double why even bother right why even mm-hmm. bother having this it's like all right you just take this and then double it and that's the number like what's the point of that so I do have a suspicion on this okay um, for the alcohol ABV versus proof thing probably in the early days of brewing alcohol what you did was just make grain alcohol and then cut it with something. Right, so that, so that that's, gives you—that's your ABV, though, right? So you're cutting your grain alcohol. Well, so but you always start from a hundred percent, right? You're like making grain alcohol, and then you're cutting it with something, right? Mm-hmm. So how much of that cutting you do gives you a proof? 
right? Which is actually technically a mathematical formula for whatever that's worth. I, I, I don't know if those two things are related. But like if you always start with grain alcohol, which is 100% alcohol, and you pour in some other medium, you end up with, you know, somewhere between zero and 100 or something slightly above zero and something slightly below 100, right? So that gives you the proof. Right. So, okay. So if you're making a, um, a liqueur, right, those things tend to be lower proof. Um, uh, just because just leave that alone for let's leave liqueurs alone. Well, no, no, no. You're, but you're the, starting with grain alcohol. You put in fifty percent water. Right now you're at fifty percent. Right, you're at a hundred proof. Right, you're one to one. Right. But but what's the point of the proof if I know that I'm one to one? If I know that I'm fifty percent alcohol, why do I need a hundred proof? Like I said, my early guess here is that just you started with grain alcohol. So the, the, the answer to this question was to what percent is this just pure grain alcohol? Because 100% grain alcohol would just kill you dead. Mm. Right? So you can't what? drink. Yeah. So it'll, it'll mess you Everclear up good. Is? No, uh, uh, Everclear is 120 proof, I believe, oh. or 110. I mean, is it, yeah, like 150. You can even do like. So, yeah, I, I think... You can even do, like, 190 stuff. Like, you can get up there. But, like, if you're pure grain alcohol, that stuff is, like, boarding on deadly real fast. So, getting, getting into Papa Colson's uh, thing about the, the proving drawer, and I wonder if these two things are related. Um, the, uh, the proving of bread comes from the use of active yeast... And the idea was that you you mix your dough and you mix in your yeast and then you set it aside and you allow it to prove, meaning that it will rise because the mm. yeast is doing work. I like that. And it's spitting out carbon dioxide. And it will literally and it, show. It, it will grow it will and it will prove yeah. to you that the yeast is working. It's working. Right. Yeah. And so I wonder if similar to that early... Um, brewing methods were not distilling methods but rather were um fermentation methods like wine and um beer beer right with yeast and other bacteria or whatever and the it getting alcoholic is proof that the the yeast or the bacteria or whatever doing their job and fermenting the sugars that are that are there right yeah um how so it, only, how how it came to be a scale of exactly double of ABV, like I have no idea. But my only thing with that is that the second you take the cap off the bottle on a fermentation process, you're pretty much done. Like there's no way to prove that. Is there? I mean, well, other than like doing figuring out specific gravity, right? Which is how they figure out ABV. Yeah, that's not how we did it in Kentucky in the 1920s. <laughs> um, I well, I can. You can definitely prove if something's over 100 proof by lighting it on fire. Right. Again, once you've uncorked it, right? But how do you prove it during the fermentation process, right? Right, like That's right, right. the tricky part. You don't think they took, like, little samples and... I just... I mean, we I, know like if a wine is 17% early... alcohol or a beer is, you know, 8.5 versus 4.3, like, we know that's the percentage of alcohol, Right. 
Yeah, I mean, it's fairly easy once you have it in a, you know, in a, once you can put it in a Bunsen burner, you can, you can figure it out, right? But like, my problem is like, why you've got it corked while it's actually doing its work. I, I, yes, I absolutely question those people's abilities to slip through a syringe, take out a sample, test that. But I don't think you have to keep it completely airtight. I think you could, you could expose it to air briefly. Isn't that what I mean? It's still going to be you're doing mostly bread? anaerobic oxidation, I, right? So. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know how much that messes up the process. I mean, I'm sure it briefly slows it down because because they would rather use oxygen as a fuel than whatever else it is. But yeah, I don't know. But so anyway, yeah, that, my connection was yeah that maybe it's a a proof thing. The other idea that I had is maybe proof came around to skirt alcohol laws or something like that so that it was just sort of a code that Ooh, that's good rum runners might use that's to say good. like yeah yeah i got this you know 80 proof you know cola over here or whatever and and that would be code to people that knew yeah. what was going on so i will say that like whenever i hear proof the first thing i think of a if is like a math problem, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, do these things derive from math? Well, yeah. I mean, that's it's yeah. like a primary question for me. I mean, everything I is can be described <laughs> but, by math. Does the t- yeah? So, do, do, do we at least in to, this multiverse? Do we decide to proof <laughs> oh, man. bread or uh, get the proof of alcohol from a, a term that was previous to that, which is coming out of math? Or is it the other way I mean, way I assume that the, like, proof is probably some Latin word that means... Show me the... Proof? Piece. Yeah, proof, <laughs> right? So, like, you prove, you're proving that the, the yeast is working. You're proving the fermentation is working. You're proving the math... Like, they're probably all related terms, because they all, like, etymologically, all come from the same place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure. Um... But I don't know if that actually answers the specific question about alcohol. Right. But so mm. we think the the reason it's the reason it's doubled is just like potentially it's like a, is a code to you know anti bootlegging thing. I mean that's one theory. It could definitely be as yeah, Colson and Harper suggested just a um, easy formula or whatever to. Yeah, you're yeah, you're doubling no the alcohol by volume. It's. I, again, I think it's compared to, like water, right? Like if if there's if it's forty percent ABV, it's eighty percent alcohol. If you compared that thing to water, right? I don't know. You see what I'm saying? That makes sense. Well, no, I don't. Like, I mean, my idea was basically be, you have two mediums and you're combining them, right? So you basically you start with two hundred percent, right? You've got grain and medium. Call call it water, right? And so. When you combine them, you end up with whatever X percentage of two hundred percent, and that gives you proof. Like that's where. Okay. That but I feel favorite. like I feel like you could just do it as easily without, you know. Right. You could without. do it without the. But it sounds more better ass. <laughs> it's gonna sell better. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Colts, all right. So we were kind of close. Okay. So the term proof 
dates back to 16th century England when spirits were taxed at different rates depending on their alcohol content. Similar terminology and methodology spread to other nations, blah, blah, blah. Uh, In England, spirits were originally tested with a basic burn or no burn test Mm. in which alcohol that would ignite was said to be above proof and alcohol which was... uh, not which would not burn was said to be underproof the break point was defined as 100 and was the basis for oh. taxation that okay, does make so sense because at, at the bar right we light that stuff on fire no this makes no sense at all let me just stop right here okay so they decided that they were taxing stuff that burned as opposed to stuff that didn't burn at different levels yeah you just tax it differently uh, okay, right. and like 100 is an easy number, so I, I mean, I get, I kind of get that part, because they're metric people. Right. Well, sort of. Right. Uh, and interestingly, uh, alcohol's flammability is highly dependent on temperature, mm. thus 100 pr- proof could range anywhere from 40 to 90% ABV in normal <laughs> air temperatures. Okay. Uh, I, I, yeah, I can Okay. I can see an 80%. At 22 degrees, apart. which is basically room temp, 100 proof would be 60 ABV. 60% ABV. Uh, Talking blah, Celsius, blah, blah, obviously. Blah. Mm-hmm. So, it was not until uh, 1816 that a legal standard based on specific density, which is the way you actually measure alcohol uh, percent by volume, was defined in England. A hundred proof was defined as a spirit with 12 thirteenths the specific gravity of pure water at oh the same God. temperature. Uh, from the 19th century until January 1st, 1980, the UK officially measured alcohol content by proof spirit defined as spirit with a gravity of 12 thirteenths that of water. <laughs> okay. And equivalent to 57.15 ABV. So it's not exactly double but maybe in the united states united states oh yeah it's definitely double in the united states that's i promise that i love how this came down to specific gravity i was like these are a bunch of dudes making gin and bathtubs (laughs) prohibition stuff but nope specific gravity yeah, and then in the U.S., it just looks like they were like, uh, let's just... Um, let's just double that, Let's just boy. make double. Yeah, yeah. so it says the term was originally used in England that. and was equal to 1.8 to 1 times the alcohol by volume. In the United States, alcohol proof is defined as twice the percentage of ABV. Yeah, we're like, that sounds hard. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> too much math. Yeah. <laughs> and, and everybody else uh, just uses ABV now. Like proof is just. We're the only country that's rocking this right now. Canada really? doesn't use it anymore. Yeah, uh, according to Wikipedia. Huh. I'll buy it. I mean, I'm sure that. Well, like so in the states, I'm sure you have to print the percent alpha alcohol. Yes. Yeah. So in a sense, it's it's yeah. You have to prove that it's alcoholic enough to burn. But now. Do we know if that's related to proof? Well, okay, so here we go. So I've got proof is from the Latin probare to prove, um, meaning act of proving is early 14th century, meaning act of testing or making trial of anything is from the late 14th century. 
Um, meaning standard of strength or distilled liquor is from 1705, according to etmonline.com. Yeah. I mean, on some level, like once once you once you say the word specific gravity, it's almost certainly from the same place, right? Like, yeah. Adjectival sense proof against is recorded in the 1590s. Uh, extended senses involving tested powers such as fireproof, waterproof, and foolproof. Um, and then Shakespeare uh, came up with shameproof. How do you become shameproof? If you just if you just jackass for long enough, <laughs> you'll eventually shed what was formerly known as shame. The, the emotion formerly known as shame. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> now it's just a glyph that I had tattooed on my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to say that we won. I mean... Yeah, that much is clear. That. Yeah. This is no game five. It says that... Um, proofing bread comes from the old French prouver, which comes from the Latin probare. Um, that Latin was tight, by the way. Your pronunciation was excellent. <laughs> you're you're Poo welcome. Bear. Was the Eeyore there? Prouver. Prouver. Yeah. <laughs> um, Italian probare from probus, worthy, good, upright, and virtuous. Just saying. I want to give a shout out to my wife. She made bread today, and it was awesome. Oh, wow. Dude, homemade bread oh, is like was, a special, special thing. Oh, it's real good. Oh, good. shout out. And happy birthday, Catherine. Did we yeah, shout happy, that out? Shout I don't, out. Oh, I don't, I don't think we did. Bad on me. Happy birthday, Catherine. Well, I missed the I was, I was leaving the, the window meeting. open for her husband to do it. <laughs> well, <laughs> the thing is, though, like, she's going to hear the same whether we... Uh, shout out to the show, you know, give the shout out on the show or not. So, sure. yeah, exactly. Sure. Colson, are you are you satisfied? I am. I I don't know why. Um, if 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 the yeast in the bread and the you know the fermentation of alcohol is directly connected, and I can't seem to find anything. Um, but I think we're just going to assume that, right? I mean, I think that the same terminology. I mean, it's just the 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 concept is the same. It's just I agree. Prove yeah. to me that this is what it is. Yeah. 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 Okay. There I mean, go. we're literally undergoing a scientific a scientific test in both circumstances. Yep. Fair enough. And and those things can go awry, right? Was that a bread joke? Well, uh, the bread can go awry. <laughs> Actually, the alcohol can go awry. <laughs> they both can oh, yeah, go awry, yeah, for sure. Rye whiskey. Yeah. So, nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. Drop the mic on that one. Nice work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Colson, you got more? Yeah, why not? Um, so... Um, question uh, from the listeners um, where'd all the water come from huh question is, is where'd like all a, the water come from is this like from somebody you know in a basement or like in an apartment <laughs> building because 
I'd say you need to contact your upstairs neighbor. Um, but yeah, no, where did all the water come from? I think I think it's a, a more general conver- uh, question, not specifically towards Michigan, but probably towards the in the earth. <laughs> yeah, that's a setback in the earth. In the earth, and this is what, okay. So right, okay. I I imagine this stems from you know. Uh, one of the things that we do when we search the outer atmosphere is we try to find planets with water on them. Right. Because it seems mm-hmm. like a rare thing. Yeah. And so Earth is 70% does, water. Why does That's Earth wild, have right? so much water? How does that happen? And I think in the past, it was less. Uh, or Well, it used to be ice. Yeah. At I some mean, point, it was At some place. point, it was zero. Right. I, so I think I mean I, you know the mm. I believe my understanding of this is that um, you know mm. as the as the planet formed uh, uh, you know all the contents were there you know that are you know when it, when the planet was formed all the all the elements and whatnot uh-huh. um, I believe um, a a lot of it it came from like volcanic eruptions. Um, you know, while the planet was cooling, you know, as it, uh, you know, the magma was uh, coming up. Um, magma. Magma. It was, you know, released in the air as as there were volcanic eruptions. Yeah, so in fact, I was just listening to uh, Stuff You Should Know on how fire works. And, yeah. Uh, I uh, literally just listened to that same one. Re- yeah, it was just, just a recap one, yeah. And uh, water is a byproduct of combustion what uh someone could imagine as magma is spewing out and burning whatever carbon stuff is there one of the byproducts is water and that might build up over time or something as you continue to burn that's definitely important carbon um, stuff? okay but atmosphere also definitely yes. very important that, that's my mm-hmm. that's my whole theory right so the the you, you you've got all this stuff trapped and it's moving as vapor Right, but it's trapped in the atmosphere; it can't leave, and so then it it tra- changes forms, um, yeah, from gas to solid, and then atmosphere is definitely key. Like I don't know, I, like this is probably a whole other undegoogleable, but like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. creating enough gas to create an atmosphere probably took a long time. Probably. Yeah. I know. I, I mean, before we had tectonic movement and volcanoes, we definitely had a bunch of like comets and meteors and stuff. Right. And I know they brought a lot of useful stuff. Right. I'll assume that water is part of that. Like, on some level, once you have an atmosphere, you've got hydrogen and oxygen. At that point, you get lightning, and that'll make some water for you, right? Yep. Like, yep. Wait, why does lightning make water? Uh, it just fuses stuff. You're, oh, you're saying like as... H2O. It literally will. My dad told me a story about how he went to a like science museum when he was a kid, and like they put hydrogen and oxygen into a thing, and like shot in a bunch of electricity. Like I don't think you can do this anymore because it <laughs> sounds like a nuclear reaction gone bad. But like no, they literally like made some water. I think. Hmm. It's a bad idea. Like yeah, that's an it, explosive reaction, but like in the wild, it's a thing that happens, right? Sure. 
Yeah, I think also, um, yeah, it's got to be, you know, it's all chemistry, I guess, right? It's whatever mm-hmm. constituent elements you have and the different chemical reactions that go on, right? So if, once you have atmosphere, you're, you're heating and cooling, and that's causing condensation of, of water out of the atmosphere or different reaction by which the by one of the byproducts right. is water right um and and presumably those were just more favorable on on the earth than than in other places i mean they have found evidence of water on other planets right oh for 100 mm-hmm. percent, yeah. yeah and so i think that yeah i don't know yeah definitely like wasn't isn't the moon one theory that the moon is like a a chunk of the earth they got like knocked off when it got yeah. hit by a meteor or something like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. I can definitely tell you that Mars is supposed to be bigger. Hmm. Supposed to be bigger? supposed to be what? Bigger. What? It got Why? destroyed by something at some point. Well, just look at the like progression of the solar system, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Smaller, larger, larger, smaller, mm. way larger. Hmm. <laughs> um, I got this. But no, I mean, so maybe the question that we really need to be asking is when did, like, once you have atmosphere, lots of things are possible. There's traces of this stuff on Mars, which has almost no atmosphere. So we can assume that it gets there one way or another, right? So comets, meteorites, whatever else. On Earth, we're in the Goldilocks zone. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. manage to form an atmosphere, and we trap just a lot more in. Yep. And then it becomes additive. It becomes an additive process, right? Then you get weather, then you get lightning, then you get, you know, what have you. Yep. And then you have a whole cycle. Then you get a cycle. Right. Evaporates. Right. Evaporates. Colson, we're counting right. on you. We're, we're, we're counting on you to Google this. Oh, <laughs> you're a science guy. Where did all the water come from? Is what I'm asking. Yeah, you're our science correspondent. Yeah, Jason, this is the Jason, guy. That's his day job, you know. Hey, we we don't want to we don't want to make Jason do more science in his off time. That's just right. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Um, okay, the first thing that comes up when you type in where did all the water come from is much of the Earth's water is thought to have come from asteroids impacting the planet early in its history. The surface of the very young Earth was initially an ocean of magma, hydrogen, and noble gases from the solar You're just going to read me Wikipedia. Yeah. Will you say magma correctly, please? Magma. Thank magma. <laughs> Planetary embryo. <laughs> Just, uh, I don't like that one. <laughs> All right, Jason, I'm gonna throw it to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it seems like we're kind of on board. Is that 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 hydrogen would easily escape uh, Earth's gravitational pull? Except we had a atmosphere. Um, and when the Earth was smaller and less massive, eh, that's not helping. Sorry. So I'm just running across this. Here we go. Uh, it's like the footnote of a wiki. 
the University of Munster, Munster, and from twenty nineteen, from twenty nineteen, shows that molybdenum isotope composition of the Earth's core originates from the outer solar system, mm. likely having brought water to Earth. So this basically is a collision theory. Yeah, and the giant impact hypothesis is about four point five billion years ago, forming the Moon. And may have also originated the outer solar system rather than the inner solar system, bringing water and carbon-based materials with it. And and that's like, like I said, that's a, a pretty new theory. Okay, yeah. So a peer-reviewed paper published in the Journal of Geophysical Research, Planets, on uh, in 2018, um, suggests that the... Um, the Earth's ocean water is similar to that found in asteroids, um, and that most of Earthly water came from an asteroid bombardment in the days of the early solar system. The ratio of deuterium, a heavier hydrogen isotope, deuterium, deuterium to normal hydrogen is unique chemical signature in various water sources. Um, the deuterium to hydrogen ratio is close to what is found in asteroids. Yeah, these are not. But yeah, the atmosphere is, is important. N- n- none of these analyses are, are are super fulfilling, which is why even on Wiki, there's one from last year that has like real legs on it. The I I think it comes down to we don't we don't know for sure, huh? Because between. <clears throat> You have to have all the gases to make the atmosphere, but you need all the things in the atmosphere to make the water, right? So it's mm-hmm. we don't quite understand how this happened yet. Is that fair from what you're reading, Jay? JT? Yeah, it seems like it's a lot of yeah, a lot of collision stuff. A lot of collision stuff. Lots of things. So there's evidence that two. 4.5 billion year old meteorites have been found on Earth that contain liquid water alongside a wide diversity of deuterium. Let me stop you right there. Compounds. Okay. Let me stop you right there. You found two 2.5 billion old meteors just on Earth? You did that? Yeah. Somebody That's, I, did, I, I mean, that, but. I, well, uh, but I'm just saying, I'm <laughs> You've been wrapping busy, my Jason. head around that. That's pretty rad that we could even figure that out. Yeah, what is this? This is Chan et al. in Science Advances. And then there is this giant impact hypothesis, which is that a thing called Thea, or Thea, was a hypothesized ancient planet in the solar system that collided with the Earth also around 4.5 billion years ago. It was about the size of Mars, and... uh, it hit the Earth, and that's where the moon gave mm. gave it gave rise to the moon as well. But it also carried with it a ton of water. Okay. So for the purpose of consensus, and then, and then as as the Earth is gaining in size, yeah. you're having more gravity, and you're able to keep those gases from escaping off into outer atmosphere. So for the purposes of consensus here, we can agree that there's a bunch of extra Earth. Right. Collisions yes. that happen. Yeah. And whether those are a, a large Earth with smaller collisions or a smaller Earth with larger collisions, and if the moon's involved, like we're not sure exactly how that goes down, but basically 
this shit comes from outer space. Right, right. So, which reminds me of a of, of another stuff you should know episode. Are we all Martians? Which talks about this idea that you know water and maybe uh, the building blocks of life were brought by some of these other impacts into the planet yeah. or something. Well, we're all space dust, so nothing matters. Well, sure. Yeah. If you want to go back that far, sure. Yeah, we all came from suns. Um, so I have a, a stupid question. Um, so good because I got a really dumb answer. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about all these uh, these impacts. Um, are they? They're just they're they're bringing the important elements from outer space. Is it the actual impacts that's creating this combustion you guys were talking about earlier? Or are they just bringing like just yeah, straight ass water? Uh, oh, I think it's yeah. they're bringing straight <laughs> ass water. Okay. You saying so? Is this just like you're saying like pure ass water? Is that yeah? Because I mean, because I, I keep reading. Pure. I mean, it, they didn't bring a bidet per se. But the, the, one of the things water. I was reading was saying without the atmosphere, we were getting uh, you know pummeled with stuff, and it was just going back out into space. And then once you create an atmosphere, then this stuff can get trapped. But yeah, are they actually just straight bringing water, or are they just bringing the elements that we trapped? Yes, is what I'm saying. Okay, so. Simple, simple thing. Like, everybody knows Haley's Comet, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got a bunch of ice in it, right? It's mm-hmm. a comet. Mm-hmm. Here's the tricky part. Ice is water. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. if it melts on Earth, then it just becomes water. Okay, got it. Yeah, it just lives here now. And, like, presumably something is lost in that translation, especially with how hot the Earth, how hot the Earth was at that time. But, again, it's about putting the elements in the same place. Eventually... You know, getting those things creates atmosphere, right? And right. then from there, as All long as it doesn't burn off too quickly or freeze, right. you end up with water. Yeah. Right? You just kind of do. Well, there you go. That's where the water came from. And there couldn't be, I guess, like water, water. There couldn't be liquid water until the earth cooled enough. You know, when it was forming, it was still, you know, too hot for that. It's still a state gas but you got to have the earth's got to be cool enough and you got to have uh an atmosphere to keep uh, keep all that to yourself no i'm kind of thinking of these comets like holding like inflatable pools you know just straight like mm-hmm. water you know <laughs> just and then just kind of dump it on the earth so i was thinking here's yeah. what i'm thinking yeah Colton. that's how it cooled right it's just, mm-hmm. that's right. That's just right. play pool just yeah. play it's pool. like it's like a slip and slide really a little steam action <laughs> Colson, I'm thinking, um, you know, we've been doing this show and, and the Undergoogables for some time now. I think the next evolution is an animated version of this. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Slip inside yeah. theory of water deposition on Earth. Quantum physics, really. I mean, we're <laughs> on the verge of a breakthrough here, guys. I Publish know this, Colson. Get after it. Peer reviewed by you three. You gotta find some sympathetic peers. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we nailed that. Totally. Yep. I Physics explained. Did. Yeah. Yeah. I think we proved where water came from in the same episode. Mm-hmm. Good callback. <laughs> It'll make it harder mm-hmm. to split up into two mini episodes for the Undergoogles. <laughs> it won't make as much sense, but it'll be fine. It's a nice little Easter egg. For the That's right. Yeah. Okay. For the true fans. All right. Well, I think that uh, I think that wraps it up. Unless you guys have any more uh, knowledge to drop on us. 
I just want to say that all fans are true fans. Mm-hmm. You just you got all suck it. Um, I do this for ne- me and not for you. I'd like to thank you for hanging out with us. If you'd like to give, hey, that was too on brand. Live with if it. If you uh, want to give us your opinions on <laughs> how you feel about us, uh, you can do so on Twitter. Uh, we are at oh, John dear. Cole. <laughs> at Hotmail, no less. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter, we are at uh, Undebeatables. We're on Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables. Uh, you can message us there, too. Uh, our website, TheUndebeatables.com. There's a contact form there. You can send us a message. You can email us, shout out at TheUndebeatables.com. You can rate and review us wherever you're listening. Uh, and most of your podcasts, uh, podcast apps uh, let you share uh, an episode right from the app. Send it to a, a frenemy of yours. <laughs> <laughs> we got t-shirts for sale on the website slash store. For a once and always coach, Bobby Leonard, now in the Hall of Fame. Turn out the lights, the party's over. That was so palatable. I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know. I, I, I feel like I need to do a better job of um, just burning through those so it doesn't hurt as bad. Hey, I got, uh, there was there was about a three year stretch. Some where of I just our stretched shows deserve a quick out. Some of ours deserve an Slow. extra level of pain. Right. This is a good episode. <laughs> this is a good episode. We deserved that. Okay. Good. Extra level of pain. Uh, that was Colson's band in high school. <laughs> <laughs> extra level of pain. <laughs> yeah. They were a soft jazz group. <laughs> You you can't play a kazoo and not have a smile on your face. It's true. Look it up. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>